Coming off a big-time bragging rights win, can Missouri keep it going with an upset over Kentucky tonight in Columbia? Plus, why Eli Drinkwitz really needs to hire a quarterback coach sooner rather than later, coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day, and we are free and available wherever you get a finer podcast. Well, since Illinois, the team that Missouri just smoked, since they just beat UCLA by 10, and UCLA just beat Kentucky by nine. Well, therefore, that means Missouri should smoke Kentucky tonight, right? Well, not so fast, my friends, because even though Missouri only has one loss so far to Kentucky's three, well, clearly for the Wildcats, those three losses are, are nothing to hang your head about. You lose to Michigan State on a neutral court in double overtime. You lose at Gonzaga and, of course, on a neutral court to UCLA. I believe I said by 9, it was actually 10. So just transpose those two final results there, the one point there. Not exactly failing to make my point, though, is it? But, you know, there has been a relative amount of consternation in Lexington lately. You look at the past three seasons under John Calipari. Of course, there was the COVID pandemic year where there was no NCAA tournament. However, that season, the Wildcats would have been a four seed. They were the co-champs of the Southeastern Conference. But then the next season, well, the worst season for John Calipari, just 9-16, and 16, obviously missed the tournament that season entirely. And, and most last season, well, that was mostly a, a huge bounce back with more transfers than freshman recruits than usual for Calipari. But, of course, famously last year, as a two-seed, they lost to 15th-seeded St. Peter's, and that is not exactly what Big Blue Nation had in mind for their bounce back in March. Now, on one hand, is that fair? I would say on one hand, yeah, it is fair to say that Kentucky hasn't quite lived up to its own lofty expectations since winning the national championship in 2012. And also that team that went 38 and one, it's lone loss in the final four in 2015, a team that featured Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, among others. But I'll just say it's a scary place to be as a, a fan of not only Missouri for 30-plus years now, somebody who's really followed college football and basketball in general. It's a scary place to be as a program when SEC titles and Elite Eight appearances start to get boring. Yeah, and Calipari, guys, is not going to be around forever. And when he goes away, well, you better hope it keeps going. So... To get to more of this year's basketball team for Kentucky, while again, a little bit of consternation down in Lexington, this is still obviously a very solid basketball team. In fact, the 10th best team in the country, if you accord, according to the KenPom.com projections for the rest of this season. And on paper, 
No question. One thing, a couple things Kentucky does offensively. They make their three-pointers, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. And they also guard the paint and rebound. So on paper, well, obviously a lot of that is Oscar Shibwe. Interestingly, by the way, I saw an interesting stat. Your first Naismith player of the year to return to school since Tyler Hansborough all the way back in the 08-09 season. And before that, well, you had to go all the way back to the 1980s and Ralph Sampson to have a guy who actually was the Naismith player of the year return. And indeed, Shibwe is one of the best college rebounders there's been in a long, long time. Fourth nationally in offensive rebounding, eighth in terms of defense, and he's just an absolute beast. Most Missouri fans should be familiar with him. Not only have we seen him at Kentucky, seen him at West Virginia as well, and for a guy who is obviously a big guy, 6'9", 260 pounds, but not he's not that big. He's not a seven footer. He's not Shaquille O'Neal, that type of thing. And kind of the same thing with his jumping ability. But this is a guy who obviously just understands rebounding. All the subtleties, tremendous body positioning and anticipation. And the thing is, though, despite the fact that he's a tremendous rebounder, there's a reason there haven't been that many national players of the year come back. He is a somewhat limited offensive player, and I think in order to sort of offset some of his own limitations, he's worked on his mid-range jump shooting this offseason. He certainly seemed willing to take those shots in the UCLA game that I watched, but I do have to wonder, though, if that's maybe a bit of an advantage for Missouri. I just don't know necessarily what Kentucky wants to do offensively when they're not getting the ball to Shibwe, because offensively, actually, when they're not getting Shibwe the ball, well, a lot of times he's just kind of in the way. And other than Savir Wheeler, their true point guard, I don't really love the playmaking ability on this roster. And also, they don't really have a lot of guards that are good at making entry passes and potentially making that big, what seems to be a big mismatch on paper, Shibwe against the Missouri front line, well, I just question if they have the guards other than Wheeler to make that whole thing pay off. So obviously it's going to be really interesting to see how Missouri handles Shibwe. Clearly Kobe Brown is your biggest regular, and just based on height and weight listed, it isn't as big of a matchup as you might expect. But Kobe is also one of your most important players. Foul trouble would be a big, big-time concern there for me. So do you play Shibwe one-on-one and avoid Kentucky's really premium outside shooting? Do you double-team him hard? Because actually Shibwe, UCLA certainly had some success with that and gumming up the works for the Kentucky offense. Or does Missouri play more zone, perhaps? And again, just put a lot more hands and bodies in the way of Shibwe. And I would say against UCLA, again, while crowding him is a problem, they were doubling him hard, the entry passes for Kentucky weren't great, you also do have to keep in mind that Mick Cronin now in his, I believe, third or fourth season with the Bruins, well, his calling card's always been defense. So this is an excellent defensive team in UCLA. Missouri, not so much. They've been a very mediocre defensive team at best so far, 
clearly a much better performance against the Illini, but Missouri's got a lot more to prove to me on that end of the court. Well, if you listen to my Kansas preview of that basketball game, you know that, well, I tend to be an optimist when it comes to Mizzou. So it is a little troubling, at least from my perspective, that I don't love this matchup on paper for the Tigers tonight. Hopefully I'm wrong, as I was for the Jayhawks game, just for a different reason this time. But also, objectively speaking, I just don't love the spot for Missouri coming off an emotional bragging rights victory. And I say objectively because as somebody who likes to throw down a wager every once in a while, well, I always look to bet against the team that is coming off either a huge victory, a big rivalry win, and a, a giant upset of some kind because you just see it over and over again. It's hard to pull that off two weeks or, or even two games in a row. So if I was telling you which way to bet, and of course our friends over at betonline.net, if you want to throw down some money on this game, well, that's the only place that you have to go. I'm going to say stay away. Kentucky, a three-point favorite tonight. Let's see, where is the total sitting? About, let's see, 148.5 is the number. I think that's pretty fair as well. I think the, the Wildcats will be able to play enough defense and keep the game slow enough to their tempo that that seems like a pretty fair number. I think my friends over at betonline.net have done a nice job with that particular number, but no matter what you're into, there's lots of NBA action, of course, club soccer with the World Cup. That's all happening. Major League Baseball just around the corner. And, of course, bowl season in full swing as well. So no matter what you're into, check it out at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today for the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports today, today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And... For as much talk as we've had lately about, of course, Eli Drinkwitz play calling, my personal problems with it, well, clearly Missouri's going to hire an offensive coordinator. But the quarterback position coach, probably every bit as important at this point, and maybe that will be the same human being. Maybe likely it will be the same human being for, let's say, about $1.2 bucks, being the amount of money that was given to Eli Drinkwitz for increasing his assistance pool with this latest contract extension. But the reason I say the quarterback's coach part of it is so important, well, you may have noticed that Sam Hartman, Wake Forest quarterback, who I'm a big fan of, I think he's a really, really excellent college quarterback at the very least, well, he's entered the transfer portal officially now, and sources are saying Notre Dame is the likely destination for him now we can complain about let's see what's the word I'm, I'm blanking here tampering there we go easy for me to figure out we can complain about tampering by Notre Dame and all these various schools all we want but if you don't think Missouri is doing some back channeling too well 
you're probably a little bit naive. And also, frankly, complaining about that is spitting into the wind. The reality is the market is moving very, very quickly for the best players in the transfer portal. And of course, quarterback is no exception is probably the number one part of that. And yeah, those are the guys who are really going to be getting some good name, image, and likeness deals without without question. I'm sure Dominic Lovett is is shaking his head right now in agreement as he listens to this podcast, as I'm sure he no doubt does. But in all seriousness, if you don't have a quarterback's coach, how can you sell your program to a potential quarterback? Somebody like Sam Hartman, somebody like Devin Leary, at North Carolina State, or, or whoever, whomever else it might be, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, really, those are the big names, and they're going to move quickly. So I think Missouri, if they're going to want one of those big names, if they want to get somebody who is an obvious upgrade over Brady Cook at the position, well, they better move quickly on getting that OC and quarterback coach position filled. And speaking of Missouri position coaches, there was definitely some concern that Jacob Peeler, the Missouri wide receivers coach, the purveyor of the nasty wideouts, the NWO, New World Order, for those of you who are not wrestling fans, that's the reference there. But yeah, he he was a, a pretty well thought of, I shouldn't say was, is a well thought of position coach for Missouri and to the point where Hugh Freeze, the new coach at Auburn, was thought to be sniffing around for Jacob Peeler. Well, good news for Missouri, Auburn has hired somebody else as their wide receiver coach. So as of now, at least, I would expect Peeler to be hanging around at Missouri. Also, well, speaking of Auburn, their former coach, Brian Harson, perhaps looking for employment. Who knows? Maybe he'll sit out a season, but a lot of people have made the connection well, he used to work under Eli Drinkwitz, and in fact, Drinkwitz gives Harson a lot of credit for his career, where it's gotten to this point. But in my opinion, I, I just, as some people have suggested, hey, maybe Drinkwitz could bring in Harson as his offensive coordinator and or quarterbacks coach. Well, to me, in my humble opinion, I, I just think they're a little bit too similar and how they run their offenses. I, I would rather have some fresh ideas and new blood, somebody that's a little bit different than Drinkwitz. Now, is that what Drinkwitz is looking for? I really have absolutely no idea. But that would be my preference, because as of now, as I said yesterday, it just feels like that Drinkwitz offense has gotten stale here in year three. And once again, I, I just think that's, too much work for one person to do at this point to be the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the de facto head of recruiting, plus being a father of four young daughters. I just don't think that's realistic for any one human being. And coming up, switching gears back to basketball for just a second here, I think we know by now that Dennis Gates, his basketball team in the future, well, it's going to have a lot of length on it, that's for sure. And Missouri could sh certainly lose use a little bit more size on this current team and in the future as well. And you know what? There's an intriguing prospect who could be in the transfer portal someday. This is pure speculation on my part. But the way college basketball goes these days, I think anytime you have a mid-major type player, 
that could level up to the next level, I think you have to start scouting those people. Well, this person not only fits the Dennis Gates bill, he also played his high school basketball here in Columbia. So I want to tell you about that young man after these quick words. Now, while I believe that Dennis Gates and Charlton Young long-term would probably like to have more of a foundation of high school players in terms of recruiting than they did in this past cycle. But hey, you got to do what you got to do in terms of transfers. But at the same time, you know, obviously modern college basketball, you're going to supplement your roster in the transfer portal at a certain point. So to me, you've got to always be looking at your current collection of players, especially guys at the slightly lower mid-major level that you think, hey, could maybe take a step up. Guys like Drew Smith, of course, recently, if, if you're a Mizzou fan, of course, tons of guys on the current roster like, like Des Moines Hodge. But somebody I've been thinking of lately is a name that is obviously going to be really familiar to Missouri fans. It's Javon Porter who is now currently at Pepperdine University, 6 foot 11, 220 pounds, plenty of talent like all the porters. What the heck? Let's let's maybe go for a starting five. We've already had Michael and Jonte and Sierra and the other one who I'm now forgetting off the top of my head, forgive me for that. But Javon Porter one of the better rebounders so far in that conference, one of the better shot blockers as well, also showing the willingness to shoot three-pointers. So far hitting just 11 of 37 from downtown, but as a true freshman, just the fact that he's willing to take those shots, I think, is a good sign. So Javon Porter would be an interesting guy in the future to maybe at least keep in the back of your head. Could he possibly come back home to play in Columbia? Well, plenty of Porters have done it before, so... Who the heck knows? I think that's definitely a guy to at least keep in the back of your of your mind there. Again, I'm not reporting anything. This is just pure speculation on my part and putting two and two together. Who knows? Maybe Javon will play four years at Pepperdine. I have absolutely no idea. But if you're Dennis Gates, hey, maybe start following him on Twitter at the very least. And one final Missouri-related football note, if you're one of those people who thinks there are too many bowl games, well, I certainly understand your point, but from a business perspective, no, there aren't, because quite obviously, based on the ratings, people are still watching these things. In fact, last year, the Missouri Armed Forces Bowl against Army, about 2.5 million people watched that thing, which was up about 14% from last year. Well, the Gasparilla Bowl here, 3.5 million people watched Wake Forest in Missouri this Friday evening. So about a million more people, in fact, watched Missouri's bowl game this year than last that's pretty interesting, and just to give you an idea of what type of numbers we're talking about here, well, if you look at prime broadcast television, there's really only a couple shows in the top 10 that aren't NFL football, and that's 60 Minutes and The Mass Singer. You take The Mass Singer, for instance, they got about 7.8 million viewers. That's roughly, that means the Gasparilla Bowl got roughly a little less than half of what of what one of the the second best 
not actually the number one non-news and sports program in the country gets the friggin' Gasparilla Bowl got about half that number. So that just tells you where we are in terms of football. Of course, NFL football rules all, but college football, not too far behind, apparently. Even the quote-unquote boring bowl games still get tremendous numbers. And again, you go to cable television, it's a whole lot of NFL football. Even Argentina and Mexico, a big-time World Cup football game with 4.1 million viewers. That's not significantly more than the Gasparilla Bowl. Take Yellowstone. They got 8.3 million viewers. Of course, the Kevin Costner show, 8.3 million. Again, that's a lot. It's a lot more. It's significantly more than the Gasparilla Bowl. But wouldn't you have thought it was even more than that? Wouldn't you have thought it'd be a factor of... I don't know, 10 or 20 times more people would watch Yellowstone than the Gasparilla Bowl. But that just tells you where football is. Football rules all, and well, I guess it's good to be part of one of the major two leagues. There's no doubt about that because they're going to be ruling our televisions for the foreseeable future. But you know what? Thanks for allowing me to rule your smart device today, perhaps your smart TV Computer, tablet, however you listen to this show. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. That's the Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your finer podcasts. So until tomorrow when I'll have a recap of that Missouri-Kentucky basketball game, I'll see you then right here on Locked on Mizzou.